Welcome to Relevance for Today, a show where you will be encouraged, inspired, and fed through the Word of God. You will find relevant teachings, tips, discussions, interviews, and more for both believers and even non-believers who are considering salvation through Jesus Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Relevance for today. Thank you for tuning in. If it's your first time, welcome. It's good to have you on. If it's not your first time, thank you for continuing to be supportive by listening to the shows, watching the shows. Truly appreciate you all for being there. Like my famous saying is, I'll be in the basement talking to myself. So thank you for being there. So we're going to continue on with part four of the famous Bibles verses. <laughs> I just keep saying different things because the more I'm teaching about it, the more it's like, you know what? Important Bible verses for all of us. Um, favorite Bible verses, powerful Bible verses, either way, Bible verses that I want to share with you that hopefully will ignite something in you that'll make you want to get into the word of God and read it for yourself, study it for yourself and come closer to knowing who the Lord is, as well as building a relationship because the more you get in this, the more you're going to want to spend quiet time with him, the more you're going to want to pray and so forth. Amen. So we're going to jump right in. And before I forget, thank you for all those who have subscribed. Thank you for all those who are putting ratings on Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate it. Thank you also for all of you who went over to YouTube and actually subscribed to my channel, Stephen Lewis Relevance for Today. Thank you for getting over there and subscribing as well and connecting with me on Facebook and Instagram. Remember, Instagram is relevance for today. And Facebook, Stephen Lewis, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-L-E-W-I-S. You should see me in the studio on the microphone, and that'll be the one. Or you can also get over and follow me on the group. I think there's 13,000 followers at the moment. You can go over there, or you can also join Relevance for Today family, where we share different encouragement all around the world, different countries from all around the world. It's a blessing to be in communication with brothers and sisters all around the entire globe. Okay, so we're going to jump right in with the next Bible verse, and this is going to be two verses. It's going to be Matthew 28, 19 and 20, a very important passage of Scripture. Here it is. Therefore, go and make disciples of the nations. I'll say it again. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, not converts, not seat fillers. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Powerful. Jesus said that to the disciples, the apostles, just before he went on to be with the Lord. Powerful. Sometimes we forget about that. Go make disciples. Sometimes we get so focused on making converts. You know, the evangelist side of me wants to share the gospel with people and get people saved, but I've matured over the years. There's a lot more to it than that. It's getting in and sitting down with them and breaking bread with them and building relationship with people and discipling them like what I did with the food pantry where I had the youth with me, teaching them, training them, equipping them, 
even on boots to the ground, going out and praying with the elderly and so forth, even our children doing the same thing, taking care of others, taking care of the widows and the orphans and so forth. But make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. That is what it's all about. The great, right? The great news, the great commission, getting out there and doing that. So that's Matthew 28, 19 through 20, in case you forget what the great commission is. You go there, read that. Therefore, go make disciples. And like I said before, go make disciples, not converts. You've heard that said before. Go make disciples, not seat fillers. It's not about how many people are in the seat. It's about the content, the character. It's about them being followers of Jesus Christ and actively being followers of Jesus Christ. Faith without works is dead. How are people going to know you're a follower of Jesus Christ if they don't see you doing the things of Christ, loving your neighbor, taking care of the widows and the orphans? You get to heaven through Christ alone. But once you're saved, hey, it's time to be about the Father's business and showing the people what Christ-like living truly is. Sound good? Okay, let's go on to the next one. We've got 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way so that you can endure it. That's powerful. That could preach right there. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. So the regular sins of this earth, you know, lying, cheating, stealing, pornography, drugs, alcoholism, not taking a drink or two, alcoholism, getting drunk and wasted where you're underneath or not underneath, but where you're overtaken by another spirit. You're under the influence. That's why it's said, think about it. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit within you. But if a regular person decides to go and get drunk, as we say, or get wasted, you're under the influence of a different spirit. Hmm. Well, it's not the Holy Spirit, so what other spirit would it be? Well, it's a spirit that wants you dead, right? And I'm going on a spill here, but I'm running with it. You're under the influence of, a, of alcohol. You're under influence. That's like you'll see some, some buildings. Some stores that sell alcohol, they're called spirits, right? You don't normally act like that. What would make a person drink something, and then the next thing you know, you drank so much, you don't even remember what you did, but you still were able to do things, and most of the time, you were doing things that you would not normally do if you were sober. That's because you're under the influence of another spirit. And remember, once again, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against spirits, Okay. That spirit wants you to get in the car and drive down the road, not knowing you might run into someone. And I'm really sorry for anyone who's lost loved ones due to drunk driving and so forth. But that's a perfect example. You would never get in a vehicle and try to operate it unless you were under the influence of something, drugs, alcohol, and so forth. You would never jump off of a high building if you were sober. But when you're drunk, for some reason, you all of a sudden think you can do all these things when really it's stealing and killing and destroying, right? But God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But 
when you are tempted, he will also provide a way. So there's also a way. So you might be sitting there and getting ready to do something silly. And then all of a sudden you'll hear that still small voice that, you know, you're not supposed to be over there. You know, you're not supposed to be looking at that. You know, you're not supposed to be doing that. Where are you going? Why are you going in that location? You know, you're not supposed to be in this neighborhood doing that stuff. Get out of there. And immediately you have a decision. Do I take the olive branch that God just sent my way through the Holy Spirit, that conscious going, my conscience? Or do I go ahead and do it anyway and deliberately sin? Or do I say, stop, you're right, I got to get out of here. That's what it's all about. So that's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And read that, get that in your spirit, man, because it's really important, folks, to remember he will give you another option. There's a fork at the road. There's another option, okay? Psalm 91, powerful passage of scripture right here. I'll go ahead and read that one. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes on noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked because you have made the Lord your dwelling place. You hear that? Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the most high who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near you, near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot, because he holds fast to me in love. I will deliver him, I will protect him, because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him, I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him salvation." And, you know, this passage is shared a lot with the military, military brothers and sisters that go out there in wars and things like that. But I love the part where it says, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place. And it's about protection. It's about the protection of the Father. It's about the protection of the Holy Spirit, about evil trying to do things to us. And yet we're protected because we are with the Lord and he is our refuge. And so it's really important. And it's a deep psalm, but at the same time, when you look at the whole entire thing and you're reading it and you're thinking about going through the valley of the shadow of death, you'll fear no evil because he's with you. And that's from Psalms 23. Knowing he's with you, knowing he will protect you, knowing that the sword, right, the word of God, that when you have this and you get it in you, right, 66 books in the Bible, you get the word of God in you. You're building a relationship with the Lord. You're not just talking to him when you need something. You're talking to him all the time like, Lord, I had a great day today. Thank you so much for just being with me. Thank you so much for the Holy Spirit 
protecting me from things that I have no idea I was even being protected from. And that's why when you read a psalm like that, you're like, oh my gosh, it sounds like everything's trying to attack this person. It's a spirit realm going on. We have no idea, but we do know that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength, but we also know he protects us when we focus on him and we stay obedient to his word, loving God, loving our neighbor and so forth. Sound good? Okay, here we go. And why do I say these things? Because 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Training in the right standing of God. Right? All scripture. Here it is again. It's what I've been working on, focusing on, reading to you all and sharing with you all. I want it to be less Steve Lewis flapping his gums <laughs> and more about the scripture that's God breathed and useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training. This is where it's at, folks. The word of God, right? The word of God. That's where it's at. And so when people sit back and question the word of God, you just sit back and say, hey, listen, that's what it's all about. And we are so blessed and thankful. And I said it more than once. And I don't need to repeat myself over and over again like a broken record, but getting in the word of God is so important. And that just backs it up right there. Why is it so important, Steve? Because it's God breathed. It's for us to learn from. It's the word of God from our heavenly father, our creator. Powerful. Yes. Powerful stuff, folks. Okay. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, that is at work within us. What's within us? The Holy Spirit. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is alive and well in us. The Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? It, you, can't even, you can't even measure it, just like it says. Now to him who was able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. When Christ died and rose from the dead, defeated death, took all that sin on him, went to be with the Father, we were able to have the Holy Spirit within us once and again, once again after Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, the relationship had been repaired, which meant now we have the gift of the Holy Spirit within us. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us to help guide us, to help lead us, to help us be who God called us to be, right? We've got the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We've got the fruit of the Holy Spirit that can flow through us to reach people all around the world, wherever we are. I'm using some of my gifts right now in speaking and teaching. But the bottom line is this. He is within us. Don't take it for granted. Focus on the Lord and less on the other craziness going on in the world and watch how your life changes. So it's a powerful verse. And I encourage you, of course, don't just read Ephesians 3.20. You have to read the whole entire passage. And we've got another verse coming up here from Ephesians. We'll go ahead and read that one. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, 
so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Not sit in them, walk in them. <laughs> but as it says, for by grace you've been saved. It's a gift. It's a free gift from God. You know, when I try to explain it to people, it's a free gift from God for salvation. You don't have to do anything for it. It's free. But God sent his son for all of us that whosoever believes will not perish but have everlasting life, right? And you have to believe. You have to have the faith to believe. Yes, I have the faith to believe that I'm saved. So then what are we going to do? Well, it says you didn't get to be saved because you did something. But at the same time, now you get to do some stuff. You know what I mean? You get to represent Jesus Christ to the world and show people who Christ is. And that is what's key as well in that. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. So we've got the gifts of the Spirit. We've got the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We've got callings. We've got things we can be out here doing because God loved us so much. Amen? Okay, let's continue on. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. And this is Apostle Paul talking when he was praying about his body ailments, whatever, whichever was going on with his body, which he wouldn't release. We didn't. We don't know what ailment it was. We've heard about his eyesight because he had talked about people plucking their eyes out for him as a figure of speech. But, you know, there was times he had seeing problems where he couldn't tell who the high priest was and things like that. But we don't specifically know. But he was praying for that thorn in his side to be removed. And he says it right here. But he said to me, and he's talking about God when he prayed, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And so pretty much it's one of those pictures where it's like, you know, Steve Lewis is on here. He's doing the TV show. I've got the camera that my son blessed me with. I got lighting. I got the fancy things. You know, I've got my recorder here with all the bells and whistles on it and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, whoop-de-doo. You know what? It's not about the stuff. It's about Christ crucified, raised from the dead. That's what it's about. Seated at the right hand of the Father, Holy Spirit within us. That's my purpose in focusing on pointing it in that direction. Just like Paul said, it wasn't about him. In fact, God can do more in our weakness because people will see that and go, there's no possible way that guy could have done this stuff. He just got beat up at the last town. In fact, he got stoned to death. They dragged him out, stoned him to death, and left him for dead. And the believers gathered around him, and poof, he jumped back up. And the Apostle Paul went right back into town again and kept preaching in his weakness. And people saw that, my gosh, Christ must be real because this guy, oh my word. Well, it's the same thing. We can't look at ourselves. It's not by our might, but by his. Okay? We need to focus on that. We need to really focus on that. God can use us more 
and he reaches more people, it seems like, when we're at our lowest state, when we don't have anything to say, well, I did it on my own. I did it by my own means. I don't need God. I've got this. I've got that. You know, it was just like the God's Not Dead movie where the mother, I think she had dementia and she's talking to her son or she's sitting there and she doesn't recognize her son and her son's talking to her and he's sitting there and he's just like, look at you. You're the nicest person I know. I'm the meanest person I know. Here you are. You don't even remember anybody. You don't know who anybody is. And here I am. I have everything. And she said, sometimes the devil will allow you to have everything you want. And you'll think everything's fine because you've got it all. She goes until one day when the door's shut and it's too late then. And she paused for a second. It'll give you goosebumps watching it. She pauses for a second. And then she looks over at her son and goes, now, what did you say your name was? And I'm pretty sure it's what she said. It's something to that effect. But the bottom line, it was like for that split second, the Holy Spirit gave him a message through his mother who had dementia. And that message was, be careful. You think you have everything. Watch out, right? Well, the same way Paul could be used in his weakness. And like he said, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Amen. And I kind of went on a rabbit trail on that one, but you get the idea. And like I said, some of these passages, you're going to read them. And then the next time you'll read them, you'll say, whoa, I did not see that in there. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for guiding me to that. But let's do another one. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. Why? <laughs> yeah, my wife lost her job because of the decision that we both made together and turn around and now they're trying to reverse it and act like it never happened. But we gave thanks in those circumstances because we traveled and got to see family. We were able to still afford to go see family. We traveled and we had a wonderful time. Yes, it's hurtful what had happened, especially the fact that they overturn it now and act like nothing ever happened. And oh, by the way, it didn't work like we thought it was going to. So we're going to let everybody go back to work now. It was like a big experiment in a way. But for those of you who know what I'm talking about, but anyway, give thanks in all circumstances. So what in the world would we be thankful for? Well, we were thankful for our lives. We were thankful for our home we had and have. We were thankful that we still lived the same way we did without skipping a beat, which was truly a blessing because some people will have hardships and they'll lose everything. And it's sad. And many people are going through that. But in my circumstance, I'm speaking from my own experience, my own testimony, we stayed faithful. We continue to help others and be a blessing to those in need and help others out. Helping people that couldn't afford or ever afford to pay us back for what we bless them with. That's true giving, by the way. Someone said that one day. I can't remember if it was a meeting or what, but it was like, you know what, Steve? You know what true giving is? Blessing those who could never pay you back. And I was just like, wow, that's powerful. But giving thanks in all circumstances. For that's God's will. 
for us in Christ Jesus, as followers of Jesus Christ, be thankful. Okay, this happened, but, you know, we broke down moving to where we live now, but we were only less than 80 miles away and we had traveled thousands of miles. So the thankfulness, we were given thanks that glad this didn't happen in the middle of New York City when we were driving on that highway over by Buffalo or wherever, you know, and you just turn it around. Thankful for this. Even though that happened, I'm thankful for this. And sometimes it can be weird and it can be hard, especially when it comes to loss of life. It, it's really hard. You have to lay it all at the Lord's feet. But in certain circumstances, yes, it says all circumstances, give thanks. Give thanks for the time that we spent with certain individuals before they passed away or whatever it might be. But that's a powerful verse right there. First Thessalonians 5.18. Okay, we'll do another one. First John 1 John 1.9. This is a powerful one right here, folks. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That means we'll be right standing with God. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It doesn't say if we confess our sins, he'll be faithful and he'll forgive us of some of our sins and a little bit of our unrighteousness. And then we'll have to do it again a week later and then a week later and a week later. No, it says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's powerful. That's a powerful passage of scripture. So thankful, so thankful for God's forgiveness for forgiveness of people in my life, for forgiveness, period. I always believe, hey, who are we to not forgive others? For God forgave us all, right? God forgave us for our sins and craziness and stupidness. We all should have been dead. We all are destined for hell, but God, right? We were destined for hell if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, but God forgave you. Amen? Hey, I think I'm going to stop on that one. But uh, it's really important that we remember these verses. And I've got more to share. I hope you're enjoying this series. I'm having a blast doing it. It's really important to just touch on key things that are going to be able to be on the airways for years and years and years to come. So that even if a thousand people are downloading my show a day or a year or a week, whatever it is, Someone in there is going, I really need to hear these verses. They're really touching my life. I'm writing these verses down because it's helping me in my walk, and then I'm going to share it with my friends and coworkers or whoever. But let's go ahead and pray. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for being able to share this message today. I thank you for all my listeners out there. I truly am thankful for each and every one of them. I pray for all of them, Lord, those who are going through struggles, battles, strife, whatever they may be going through, that they'll come to know you in a greater way and they'll lay these things at your feet because we know trials will come. But if we lay everything at your feet and focus on you and allow the Holy Spirit to give us the peace that surpasses all understanding, that we will make it through. We can't do it alone. We need you in our lives, Lord. So I just thank you so much. Bless everyone listening to the sound of my voice and watching my videos. 
I thank you for all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, there you have it, folks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode. Truly appreciate you being on the other end. Don't forget to subscribe, share with friends and family, and even a stranger. Hey, don't forget about Spiritual Spotlight Podcast as well. Check it out, folks. Comes out every Monday and Wednesday, five minutes or less, encouraging you. That's what it's all about. Hey, Barnabas encouragement. You know what I mean? But hey, don't forget, if you get over to Apple Podcasts and listen to any of my podcasts, make sure you leave me a rating. Make sure you leave some comments. I'd love to hear from you. Also connect on uh, Facebook or Instagram. Head over to YouTube and you can watch the videos for free by looking up Stephen Lewis Relevance for today. You should see me in the studio with my headsets on. Hey, with that being said, God bless. Love you all. Take care of yourselves. Peace.